Recorded live. Hey, how are you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday night comic book chat. Um, as we walk our way through classic X-Men stories over the past, I guess, month and a half. On the line tonight, I have Brother Beavis. Say what's up, Brother Beavis. Hey, my humans. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> terrible. That's uh, terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, and it might have been a... a Giveaway there, and we have <laughs> Sandman on the line tonight. What's going on, Sandman? What's going on, y'all? I have no snappy comebacks whatsoever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't catch Brother Beavis's horrible Canadian accent there, <laughs> um, we are going to talk about X-Men issues number 139 and 140. But in addition to that, to tack on the back of that, we are going to talk about Alpha Flight which those two issues lead out of. Now, over the last month or so, we walked our way through the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix saga, talking about the Hellfire Club, Phoenix, uh, Proteus, Dark Phoenix, and the eventual death of Dream Gray last week. And our initial thought, if you listen to that podcast, was that we were going to move straight into Days of Future Past, which are issues, issues 141 and 142 of Uncanny. But as I was reading... Um, over the week, I was like, well, you know what? These are two kind of classic issues of X-Men that people skip over, and you get uh, a, a new costume for Wolverine, and you get the kind of reintroduction of Alpha Flight after they had been in an earlier is- an earlier um, run of, of Uncanny. Um, so we're going to talk about 139 and 140, and we're going to talk about Alpha Flight. Um, if you are one of our Canadian fans and listeners, um <laughs> At a point, you may want to turn this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's not going to be pretty. Uh, we are definitely <laughs> going to take some cheap shots against Canada, um, but primarily in the ver- in a version of love, or maybe not love of Alpha Flight. Um, so. Uh, Let's, so let's just get into it, uh, and it is us two, t- us three tonight. Uh, we always have at least a three-man booth. We're not sure if Big Hutch is going to join us on the call tonight. All right, so we'll, I'm going to jump to one, skip through 138 really quick before we get to this. Jean Grey has died. Cyclops is, you know, a man to himself at this point, and that's basically what 138 was. You know, kind of his history with the X-Men from the original team to the new team to the death of Jean Grey. And then Cyclops is going to go off on his own and take time away from the X-Men. It's not a very long time. He will be back. Uh, that about sum up 138, Brother Beavis? Yeah, it's all recap. It's like all scenes from previous issues. Yeah. Pretty so, much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we they jump into like, one. That, that double episode was a lot of work. We need to take a week off or something. They, yeah. I mean, they just they literally got panels from previous books. Right. <laughs> And then 139, where it starts, and it is, um, again, once again, Big Hutch not here for us to talk about Kitty Pride. Um, the issue is called Something Wicked This Way Comes. So we lose one original X-Man, but we pick up uh, a, a new original but much whacker version of an original <laughs> X-Man by picking up uh, Angel as he rejoins oh. the X-Men as Cyclops leaves. Um, Never very. He's so useless um, and will be useless for another four years until they turn him into Archangel. Um, 
Mm. But yep. the scene book opens up with them in the danger room. Um, Angel is not very good at this because he hasn't been a hero for a while. And it just kind of goes into this whole scene where eventually he has to be rescued after pretty much taking the whole team apart. And Wolverine rips him essentially. They're like, you know, you, you haven't been doing this for a while. I mean, he gives him a little bit of a break. Like, hey, you know, you make some mistakes or whatever, but, you know, you got to get back into the groove of things. Um, you start to see more of Wolverine's um, uh, character here, where he's more to be more developed as well. And then you also see the new costume. Now, I remember seeing this originally. This is the first time this premieres, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, I like the brown costume. I've always thought that they could, if they were going to do a movie version of the costume, since they can't put him in yellow and blue, the brown version would have worked out, you know, spectacularly, I always thought. Um, but mm-hmm. this really starts to become a Wolverine story as basically, you know, he has to tell Professor Xavier that he has to go back to Canada to take care of some business, you know, from the time that Alpha Flight came and attacked him, um, I guess almost maybe 10 or 15 issues ago. How long, what issue was that? It was 109. 109. Okay. So it was a while ago uh-huh. where they introduced yeah, yeah. Um, Alpha Flight into, into yeah, the X-Guardian. Yeah. Right. But he wasn't Guardian then though, wasn't he? Was it Vindicator? Was it Vindicator first or was it Guardian? I was getting He's Vindicator and then he takes the name of Guardian. And then when he dies, Uh Heather takes the name Vindicator. Uh, Yeah, that's why. Very confusing. Very confusing. Yes. But in the interim, before he goes to Canada, um, we get a Kitty Pride scene. Yay! Kitty's back, uh, who had pretty much (laughs) taken off the entire. Uh, latter part of the Phoenix saga, um, you know, once they get back to New York and once the Hellfire Club start, all that stuff starts in New York, she disappears from the book and then she comes back in now here. Um, uh, yeah. She's awful still. It, nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that stood out to me, uh, you know, Big Hatch has ascribed the person of color monocle to, uh, to Nightcrawler. And oh, they yeah. they go over and over about how uh, Kitty's always afraid when she sees Nightcrawler, and yeah. so uh, yeah. there's some interesting parallels there. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's that. They overplay uh, that. Well, yeah. There's that. You, I thought you were going to go to the much more obvious one. Hey, uh, Nightcrawler, go fetch us some lemonade. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> A disturbing little thing. Yeah, yeah go some lemonade. I got lemonade and cookies for everybody, sir. Thank y'all for letting me stay and join on the team. I'm gonna rip Nightcrawler oh, a little bit here soon too. Um, and of course he gets a beer for Wolverine. But yeah, so they have to give her 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 neck her nickname uh, to see you know who she's going to be, um, and it, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> is it no, I think she goes to um, Sprite. Uh, Professor yeah, X yeah. offers up Ariel, and she's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, he said no." He said Ariel. Oh, yuck. yeah, yeah. She, I'm reading it right here. And then yeah, Storm suggests she, Sprite. Yeah. yeah, and she does come back to Sprite though at some point, right? No, well, yeah. so she she says no, he Ariel. offers Ariel, and she says no, and then they say Sprite. And, but okay. the funny thing is, they like they pretty much call her Kitty or some variation thereof Yeah, her entire. Yeah, yeah Kitty or Kitten. Forever. Yeah. That's all they ever call her. 
Even right. when they, she was shadow cat, it was mainly Kitty. So ironically, I just looked it up. So Ariel is of Hebrew descent. It's typically a boy's name, just meaning the Lion of God. So and she is Jewish. And she is Jewish. Yes. But so mm-hmm. that's sort of like a, you. You kind of got close, but you kind of screwed it up. I don't know. If there's other meanings or whatever. But <laughs> side brother note. <laughs> little side brother note. Wasn't. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, side brother note. Um. Okay, so they clearly did their due diligence in researching that part of her Jewish history or whatever to throw that name out there. That stands the record, unless one of them is Jewish, and it's fair to say that John Byrne is definitely well, not. There's so, also the Shakespeare reference as well. Right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying. So they did. They did their due diligence in terms of his. You know looking up that or researching yeah. that part of it. Yeah. Then yeah. they for the black characters, they don't do that at all. <laughs> they just no. what if the that's like black plus whatever attribute we want to ascribe to. Yes, exactly. Hmm. It's that Dave Chappelle it's that Dave Chappelle joke. Right, you got Rob, huh? All right. Uh, black uh, big nose, big lip dick hanging out, hanging out. Say no more, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I can draw him from memory. You know, so it's that it's, you know, so they just kind of assign whatever attributes that they feel that are necessary for any black character. So, I mean, it is what it is. Anyway, she makes a tab joke, which is awful, too, by the way. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So cheers. And then, you know, they decide that Wolverine, if he's going back to Canada, he needs a a handler. Uh, So they send his manservant with him. To go carry his bag. Black y'all, porter. Exactly. Y'all think I'm making this stuff up. You know, they send the porter with him, and, you know, he heads back to Canada. Uh, you know, but there's another cut scene, too, where, and, and I, we're probably going to skip over wherever this part of the story comes to. So y'all going to help me fill, fill this out for me about, you know, now that Kitty has to have a hobby, not just being an X-Man, she, that's not enough. She has to have a hobby, so they kind of put her back uh-huh. in dance. And they go meet. I think was it something? What or something? Hunter? Is it Misty Hunter? No. Stevie. Stevie Hunter. Stevie Hunter. Uh, no, Stevie something Hunter, happens yeah. with her, right? Doesn't something happen with Stevie Hunter later? Well, I think she no. becomes more prominent with the New Mutants. Okay. So she she's okay. more involved with them. I think that's where most of her story pans out. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't think she is. I don't think anything particular happens to her. But okay. We hardly turn the power of the internet here. Yeah, they didn't turn her evil right. or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, and there's this weird <laughs> kind of jealous relationship that yeah. Storm has <laughs> with Stevie. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, what are you talking yeah. about? What, what, there's that version <laughs> of it. But also, who's going to mammy her up the most, essentially, too? <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah. Somebody oh, got to take care of this white girl. Might as well be me. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of right, weird right. again when you read it now, as opposed to then. Uh, so, uh, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. But and again, now we transition back to Canada. Um, y'all know my affinity for redheaded comic book characters. Um, I have never had mm. anything for Heather McDonald, man. She's awful. No. Maybe it's it could it's like, be the it could be the glasses, brother Beavis. Yeah, I mean, so they on the one hand, big. They'll put like like the boots or the socks and the skirt or something, but yeah, the glasses and the ponytail. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always kind of because and you'll see this when we get to Alpha Flight. I've kind of always like Byrne is all forever drawing versions of himself into books. 
And so I've always kind of attributed, mm-hmm. like, Heather as essentially his female version of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's probably just another case of, like, uh, Wolverine's pushing up on somebody's redheaded spouse. I mean, that's oh, yeah. one of his yeah, superpowers. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah, does. No joke. He, yeah, he does tend to um, prefer the, the redheaded spouses of, other, of his friends and teammates. Um, so, yeah, he meets back with Heather. I don't know if she was going to beat these people up with a broom. And then we get Logan introduced as Logan as his real first name, which is a, a something that we've never seen or heard before uh, up to this point. And, you know, we have to go through. And, again, there's a little scene there with Kurt, you know, bowing <laughs> down as, yeah. as the butler here. Uh, uh, How do y'all not see? Why am I have to be the one to point these things out, man? It is so obvious sometimes. Um, but anywho. Uh, so, yes, he explains why he's back and, you know, something's going on in Canada. Now, again, our Canadian friends, I'm going to take cheap, stereotypical pot shots at you. I I apologize in advance. You know, something's happening in Canada. I don't know what could be happening because there's only like 35 of y'all there. But <laughs> something's happening in Canada. Uh, a guardian or vindicator is out, you know, kind of searching it. And then we do get a lot of, um, uh, and we'll get to this one, Alpha Flight 2, we do get a lot of the stuff with, um, uh, uh, the the what's his name? What's his code name? The Indian doctor, Shaman. Shaman. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a I lot of Apache chief. Oh God. Well, but that would have been just as typical or stereotypical. There's a lot of Tonto in him, even though he's a doctor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sniff ground. Did you know man. that he's a Sarsi Indian? Did you know that? I did not. Well, I don't know how because that's Indian. like. He, that's like one of his things. Like every time they mention him, like, oh, here it is on, you know, waiting vindicator at their base camp. Two teammates, Dr. Michael Tuyuman, a Sarsi Indian physician. Incorporating <laughs> him. And then right. like seconds later when he transforms into shaman, mm. uh, magically transforming himself into the Sarsi medicine man. When you get into the alpha flight proper, they drop that at least twice a book too. Well, and this is a jump ahead to reading those books. Uh, hardly anybody talks. It's all thought boxes and uh, plot boxes. Yeah. I mean, galore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. And that's why it was one of the things somebody, and I think you saw it on Facebook too, Sam, man. Uh, um, shout out to Mark. Uh, I can't remember his last name or whatever, but he's like, he couldn't, yeah. it wasn't that bad. I'm like, he needed a co plotter <laughs> in the worst way. <laughs> Um, like yeah, he I needed that, somebody yeah. to uh, to kind of rein him in a little bit on on the plots of these stories. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Wolverine makes his appearance, uh, and uh, let's ta- let's start to take the car- current versions of the characters here in Alpha Flight uh, in this book, and then we'll deal with the rest of them as they come up. What's your thoughts on Shaman? And we need to pull up his Marvel card too. Um, <laughs> oh God. I would have a now hard time remembering what his well, I know is. he has one yeah. because I remember because well he's not in this book but yeah I, I remember like having Sasquatch uh, I think in the Marvel card game so I think there was a half of flight module okay. I don't know if they made yeah there was supplements but there was for sure a module right well I, mean, I, I know like his this. card was I'm sure he had like um, I'm sure his he had less than sixty health. But, you know, like this is a guy where in theory he can do anything with his 
with his medicine pouch. But his magic that doesn't bag, yeah. to the game. Like the, mm-hmm. literally, like limitless power, but right. that doesn't translate to the game. Sure. And he becomes there whatever they need in the story. He's there yeah. for that. Right. Pretty much. He's yeah. the wizard. Yeah, he's the wizard in Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it's like, I <laughs> yeah, got a potion yeah, for yeah, that. Literally. You know, okay, yeah, we need somebody to knock that wall down. I got a potion for that. Yeah. Um, so, and then I like Snowbird. I always thought that was a, I thought it was a fairly cool character. And this is, this, <laughs> and yeah. it seems like we're ripping this book, but like the end of this story with Wendigo is actually very good. Um, this is why I wanted to pause mm-hmm. on these two issues. Um, you didn't like Snowbird, Brother Beavis? Well, the thing is, like, look how similar her design is to Storm, first of all. Yeah. Like, she's got the same yeah. kind of style. She's a goddess. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're familiar with the game Champ, did you play Sandman? Did you play Champions? Yeah, not much, but a little bit. But, you know, like, you, when you build your character, you had to assign disadvantages. So, right. she has, she can't leave Canada. She has a jo- oh, she really? has a day job and dependent NPCs. Yeah. When she changes into her animal form, she assumes the mentality of the animal. Like right. she bought oh. all her powers on straight credit. Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> like she has so many like, she's like a goddess, but yeah, but I can't leave Canada. I don't do that shit. You know, it's, yeah. And that's where it kills me is we'll we'll get into more of this, but like the character like to me, the the initial run of Alpha Flight was like there was no world building. It was all like building on just building up the characters. And like to me, so much of the like the appearance is borrowed from other characters and their yeah. powers or whatever. But then it's mm-hmm. just all about how flawed they are and oh yeah. how flawed. They yeah, are. yeah, they're yeah. they're a they're a bunch, but a bunch yeah, you uh, just don't care about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, and then we can get to Vindicator here, and I've never liked James Hudson. Uh, he's whiny. They gave him all the negative attributes of Cyclops without <laughs> any <laughs> leadership ability. That's bad right there. Man. And they're That's like, you're really our bad. Captain America. I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. They made him... They Actually, he is almost the current version of Cyclops just without the evil. Like, yeah. with all the angst and all the worries but with no leadership <laughs> abilities whatsoever. He has, like, no confidence either. I mean, right. I love the character yeah. design. I think I might yeah. be a sucker for, like, yeah. flag-themed heroes because yeah. I like mm. Union Jack. And yeah, even I was just going to say that, yeah. Yeah, it's a tight-looking tight like, outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like I like it, too. But, yeah, he's terrible. He's not – he has no – like, the suit is the power. He's not a mutant like many of the other people in the no, in Alpha Flight. And he's a low-grade he, Iron Man. Yeah, and he has no – no leadership abilities to be how he got in charge of the team. It just makes no sense. The shaman should have been the person in charge of the team, but you know, the oh minority. Mm, I just, well, yeah, I just flipped the page. Which one? Oh, oh. Nightcrawler busted out some coon face on the next. Page. Of course he did, sir. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I got my oh, notes. No. So anyway, so Wolverine <laughs> sneaks into the cabin. They're like, oh, you know, something's happening. And uh, you know they're you know they kind of recap or go back to what happened when they tried to bring him in in 109, and then uh, Snowbird sneaks up on Nightcrawler, 
and we do get a a, a coon face, a straight buck. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Hair raised hair up in there. Yeah. yeah, come on. He, he looked like a groovy ghoulie in that damn in that panel right there. He looked like Drax. Somebody exactly. And again, terrible. He, is a mutant who has fought against some fairly powerful people, but mm-hmm. a polar bear scared him. Come on, man. <laughs> and of course, well, it, was a, white, it was a white, it is a white polar, polar bear. bear. <laughs> wow. Now you're learning the steps to this dance, brother Peter. <laughs> so, um, all right, yeah. with the bears, but a white yeah. bear? But white bear? <laughs> would have been a black bear. We'd have been straight. I'd have dapped him up. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So yeah. they come and say something's happening in Canada again. You know, thirty people must have seen something, and they go through the story of the Wendigo. Now I'm a big fan of Wendigo. Uh, I think I had this conversation with, with Sandman not that much long ago, whether it's on Twitter or someplace else. That mm-hmm. the fact that they're doing Old Man Logan for the last Wolverine movie is stupid. I've always <laughs> thought that it should yeah. go back to Canada. And this is a good like standalone Wolverine story that you could you could do it with Wolverine. You could introduce like another group of mutants if that's what you wanted to do. It doesn't have to be Alpha Flight. You have a, a mindless like villain that he could hack and slash and do all the violent stuff that you wanted and nobody you know, and not scare children and kids. Uh-huh. Like this would work. Like it's it's a perfect Wolverine movie story. And oh, you could probably yeah. put him in the costume. But Wendigo man. gets his powers because he consumes human flesh. And you, yeah. and you, and you, yeah. and you, and won't scare kids. You gotta, they tweak wouldn't, I origin. guarantee you, they wouldn't put that in a movie. Yeah. You gotta Especially tweak his Fox. origin. Yeah. You gotta tweak his origin. You can't have him gnawing on little people. Yeah. But, kids, yeah, they ain't gonna have that. But you could do the mysticism parts about him doing that, and you could bring in shaming for that. You know? And you could bring mm-hmm. in. I mean, they, it seems like they wanted to introduce Heather Hudson in these mo- in the movies for a while because every time he's in the Weapon X facility, there's always some redheaded lady that's just well, hanging they, around. Weren't there? Wasn't huh. the Hudsons in Wolverine Origins when they basically uh, remade the scene from the original Superman movie where he gets the costume from Uncle Ben in the barn and then all the oh, agents bust they? in and kill him? Are I think they? those yeah, were the yeah. Hudsons. Okay, I, I don't remember. That's awful. That's, too. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so Wendigo is around. Wolverine gets to recap that story. I've never actually read that book. Um, yeah. Where he, uh, and the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually read that book where he's first introduced. Uh, now, the um, the it's Wolverine so versus. Yeah. The Wolverine versus. Yeah, he does have one. Uh, the Wolverine versus Hulk. Like Ricky Morton. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Uh, the Wolverine versus Hulk DVD, I think, references a, l- a little bit. Um, yeah, that's, but yeah, that's it, a good uh, short, by the way. Yeah. Oh no, that's that Wolverine versus the or that Hulk versus the Wolverine and Thor. Or, the Hulk versus, yeah, fantastic. Which yeah. both are both are good. Yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the good. last good Marvel alt, uh, animated. Uh, I think that might have been out. Yeah, Probably I don't right know if they put out anything. After that, actually, it might have been the last one they did. They only uh, did World War Hulk after that. <laughs> is World War Hulk great. after that? No, no, which is also good. Yeah. Well, also that was never mind. All right, another podcast. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> they go through this whole story. You know, everybody knows when to go is this particular person. Um, uh, you know, he's 
you know, the mysticism or whatever is what kind of got him away. But, you know, now he's back. And so basically they've decided, all right, well, we're going to have to go hunt the Wendigo and figure out what we're going to do to stop him. Uh, of course, Wolverine or Nightcrawler, go get my bags. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Bam. Wow. You need to step and fetch it. Thank you very much. <laughs> step and mm. bam mm. and fetch it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Bamps and fetch it. That's right. So he goes uh, and bamps. He sees the just the moon or the sun not setting yet because they're so far north. and makes him think of Gene. Everybody thinks of Gene, blah, blah, blah. And then Wendigo pops out, and that's the end of episode 139. Um, you know, again, like I said, it seems like we're making fun of it. But I, I, I stopped on these two issues for a reason because I think they're actually very well done. Um, in terms of the story for Wolverine and the building his character and bringing in like this other group of mutants to help out. Um, I, I thought it was pretty decent. What do y'all remember about this issue? Uh, Sandman? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it was well, um, drawn well. And, um, it's interesting too, because I mean, the last time the X-Men, any of the X-Men that alpha flight, uh, met, you know, they were, seemed like they're trying to kill each other basically i mean it was all wolverine mm-hmm. so and especially it was kind of unusual to see wolverine actually being pragmatic and you know working with them after those other issues which goes <laughs> completely against his character yeah. type in the last 30 40 issues but uh um i thought it was well done issue yeah i mean he like i said the 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 arc of his character starts to build from here it started a little bit in proteus yeah and then yeah. it's been building slowly and slowly over time. But yeah, I, now, I mean, now that they got Phoenix out of the way, yeah, and then Cyclops, right. you know, the pretty, pretty much they were the leads for the longest mm-hmm. time during those early earlier issues with the new X Men. So yeah, now they start. Now they can start building up this character as basically as we know him today. What do you remember about these issues too, Brother Beavers? You know, I I think you're the the. The fact that you made a point of reading them, I think, is, is somewhat telling about the stories. I think they are solid, but the fact that it comes between Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it, yeah. It's like you, you know, you have a, you, you know, you. It's it's virtually impossible to stand out from amidst those two. That's one hell yeah, of an Oreo cookie. Uh, yeah, like, you know, the yeah, so no, yeah, no joke. Yeah, they've made two movies about those two events. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're in between it, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why these issues always. I think these issues stood out for me because of the costume change for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I, I always I thought the costume for Wolverine was very cool. Um, but yeah. So 140 is uh titled Rage again, Burning Claremont. It opens up with Big Hutch's boy again, and he's. I'm going to rip him here in a bit too. Um, opens up with his boy Colossus. Um, so I read you know, an interesting article that heavy says that basically this panel was why John Byrne left the left the X Men. Okay. Because this, really, he said the flash page here. Yeah, because he said, well, this in the next panel, but he said that they would go through like um, he and Claremont would talk about the story, and then he would draw it, and then Claremont would add the words, and like every issue there was like one thing where he was like, well, that's not what we talked about. And with this one, what he was trying to draw on what they had talked about was how easy it was for Colossus to pull this stump out of the ground. But when you read the dialogue, it's like he almost kills himself trying to do it. And apparently he read that and was like, I can't do this anymore. 
And then so they, I think they had enough, they had a few more books in the can, but basically once those were out, he was done. Hmm. Uh, Seems to be a weird breaking point, but that's also some artistic shit. Sound, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm an artist, I'm this, I'm that. You know what I mean? Like it sounds very like two creative people couldn't, you know, Shaq and Kobe. Essentially, we can yeah, figure yeah. this out. That's, you know, that's we a good way to put it. Books yeah. and make all this money, or we could just, yeah. you know, kind of turn on each other over some dumb stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, they both had their share of the ego. I think they both had their uh, little uh, kind of big head. Uh, well, thing going also, there, I mean, and even though Shaq found some modicum of success without Kobe and uh-huh. vice versa, mm-hmm. they were better together, and I don't think that this is any different. You know, they were much better together. Yeah. Claremont goes on to continue writing this book, I think, for 17 years, you know, and God. then Byrne goes and does, you know, he has a fairly competent run on Fantastic Four. But beyond mm-hmm. that, you can't remember, I can't remember much of any, excuse me, anything else that he's done besides that, you know, the little run that he had on um, on Spider-Man in the late 90s. Superman. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean, know about that. But that run, yeah. I mean, and I, and Big Hutch had a few of those, but I don't, I mean, I don't go back to him as a definitive run on on. I think it was on Man of Steel is the book that he did. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I don't know. They were just better together. I think. Yeah, um, I agree. And I read I read yeah. his name or which I think is a more polished version of sort of Alpha Flight um, in terms of like taking some obscure characters and building the world around it. And, you know, it's okay. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I think he. I think how unique is he from the perspective of you know he would write and draw the books. Um, another take I had, I heard on John Byrne was sort of like, like they kind of horsed him to push out books during his day. And so that he never really had the opportunity to really kind of get behind his own creative product until he was sort of in his burned out phase of his career. And so we never really kind of got to see the best of John Byrne. We get like workman John Byrne, but we really never got to see what John Byrne's like property was. So like all his... Like his uh, signature, right. his his signature. Uh, like he never created as much as much. He was like a strong shepherd of things that already existed. Right. And, and, uh, right. And, you know, and and he did have his little Malibu imprint as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it you know made any kind of impact about anything like that. But this is also, even though Alpha Flight is under the umbrella of Marvel, it's really almost as like a creator-owned situation, even though the characters have been introduced. He'd had, you know, some... Well, he hadn't had that version of creating those characters. I don't know if he was doing 109 at the time. But, like, they gave him the book with essentially the authority to, like, kind of do it on his own, you know, since he's Uh, plotting in pencils, which was a problem. Uh, But he also (laughs) had his hand in that whole process. And, it, you know, it was just too much. I mean, you can read those books and tell, like, this was way too much for one person to do, let alone while he's doing it with Fantastic Four, which we'll get to in a second. Anyway, right. this issue, before it shifts back to Canada, you get your stuff with Angel and, you know, how he's fitting in with the team. We also have another kind of racially <laughs> ethnic scene that's um Yeah, I, I knew you were going to pass this up. Yeah. How could you pass it up? Um, yeah, so you now, got to, yeah. Uh, the last black person we had seen in X-Men uh, was the uh, MC at Dazzler's show, and y'all ready for the dazzler? <laughs> so, um, seven issues later, we do get another appearance of a, I would, I would say pimp. 
What'd you say, Pimp? Yeah. I think they have some yeah. Silky Johnston-esque uh, characteristics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hate you. I hate everybody about you. He's a guy. So, but yeah, so he's like, I mean, it's full pimp mode. He's either a pimp or he's James Rose and uh, uh, <laughs> Secret War. I don't really know. He's like, hey, Mama, wait up. And apparently this has happened again on the streets. And she goes, I beg your pardon. Sweet thing, I'm one fine dude and you are one fine fox. This is one fine mm. night. Let's say we make some beautiful music together at Studio One, the hottest disco in New York. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah. Yeah, his outfit says it all. How difficult is it to go to Tyrone or Mark or Darnell or whoever it is working down the hallway? But like, hey, you think I should put this in this book? Mm-hmm. And them to look at you and be like, hell no. Are you kidding yeah. me, man? Are you fucking stone? What are are you crazy, John? Yeah. No, you yeah, I don't think kind of yeah. With a dude yeah, with Vern, a bowler hat <laughs> and a shirt wide open with some yeah, designs yeah. on it. He got four rings on one hand, by the way, on his right hand. Oh, ring on every finger. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's yeah. Terrible. Because I'm in love with you, darling. I'm soaking wet. Where'd that storm come from? <laughs> it's just it's bad. bad. It's, bad. it's bad. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm gonna, that. When I post this on the podcast, I'll usually take like little, when we talk about these things, I'll usually take little uh, like panels from the book and I'll post it as like the thing that's on Twitter or whatever. People are like, man, where the hell did that come from? I'm like, oh, you didn't know? No less. <laughs> Better call somebody. Because uh, yeah, they they took some liberties. And anyway, there's this stuff with Stevie and Storm, and uh, her being a little bit difficult. But Kitty's terrible. I I, I keep trying to to re- reconcile it that later on she does become somewhat of a badass. Not the Kitty Pride Wolverine thing, but like the modern version of Kitty Pride or the astonishing X Men run. Uh, the Weed version of Kitty Pride is actually kind of you know at least. Paul's, you know, somewhat likable, but I mean, mm-hmm. what is that? Twenty five, thirty years later, it's a long like, time. It's a long time, man. It's a long time. Um, so anyway, yeah. back to Canada. Did y'all? I think an interesting thing about the X Men and some, you know, some characters is like they, you know, they have like these sort of weird powers, and then they find interesting ways to use them. And I think she definitely falls in that category. But they had to go. Yeah. Some pretty significant lengths to make her like really, really useful, other than just walking through shit. Well, did yep. she get sent to the miners at some point and go and got sent to the new music? Yeah, yeah. There was, Professor I think, X, just yeah. briefly, yeah. and I think it was just sort of to test her reaction to see how she would how she would deal with it. Right, um, right. Because right. she it was, was not issue. happy. Yeah. That, well, that, yeah, that was... they kind of went back to that when they put Jubilee in Generation X. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, couldn't hit the curveball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they sent her down to double A. Oh, man. That, again, and I, and I'll have to do some side research or whatever, but, like, the, it's, I, I never understood the push at the time. You did lose Jean Grey, a grade, you know, level five mutant, and you put in this teenager who's not very good. Her power is awful, too. Um, you know, and then when she went to the New Mutants and she got, what was that, Doug Ray or whatever, you know, like he, 
yeah. trying to help Doug her Ramsey. a little bit. Oh, right. Doug Ramsey. Yeah, so, I mean, it got right. a little bit better, but she's still terrible. Um, but anyway, yeah. back to back to Canada. I hope somebody turned the light off while we were gone because, you know, <laughs> nobody's there. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so when to go? I know, man. When to get a bad Twitter note on this. Um, Wendigo is, you know, kind of tearing through things. Now, Nightcrawler, who can teleport. <laughs> Another excuse. As long as he teleport. can see. Exa- has, has all kinds of reasons to not teleport. And looking for reasons. Like, I'm just going to, like, keep, like, running through here while this big old thing is ripping through trees to chase you down. Like, <laughs> teleport. Like, how? You were just looking out into this wide open space that you were crying about Gene Gray. Teleport? He can, I think his teleportation is what two miles? Yeah, two miles. Is yeah. It's yeah. like two miles east and west, and three miles north and south. Okay, so huh. go ahead and take a couple miles well, off. Well, because of it, the magnetic poles of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say some crazy explanation. Yeah, yeah, because comics. Um, so because he physics. won't teleport. He yeah, he keeps he keeps running and jumping into trees yeah. like a monkey. And he, and you know, uh, the, so, the first thing, <laughs> that would be the first thing he would do is teleport, too. I mean, exactly. it's just, it's just, I mean, you go, it's the like, exact opposite of common sense. Yeah. You go like nine panels with him not teleporting until he finally gets caught, and then he does it. And he almost didn't yeah, do it. He's about to oh, die. I'm, God, yeah. I'm almost going to die. I can't blind oh, I, teleport. I can't. I'm like, yeah, you're looking into the sky. That's not a blind teleportation. Go into the sky. I mean, come on, man. It's just, it's just terrible. The problem is there's so many trees in Canada. Yeah. More trees than people. Trees almost got Nightcrawler killed. Yeah, more trees than people. That's all we're saying, Canada. More trees (laughs) than people. So he he bamps up once, and then he bamps to the ground, like, immediately. Now, of course, he bamps right in the general vicinity of where he was. Like, dude. Start bamping back towards the cabin that you just left. It has, like, four powerful mutants in it. Like, that didn't come across your head at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, but he tries to finally get some offense with his typical strength. And, you know, he uses his incredible or amazing agility to kind of, you know, dip and dodge and duck and, you know, do everything. But Wendigo finally hits him and then knocks him all the way back to the cabin that he was trying to run from. I'm like, um... Mm-hmm. You could have solved that on your own by teleporting over there, because he didn't hit you for two miles. He didn't hit you for two miles, man. So anyway, so he hits the <laughs> building, and now and I don't know if y'all noticed this. He is forever unconscious in most uh, many things. <laughs> Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a Nightcrawler trait, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's forever <laughs> unconscious, like just knocked out cold consistently. But anyway, mm-hmm. so when it goes out. Everybody comes out, uh, and we'll get to this in Alpha Flight too. Um, uh, Vindicator's powers are kind of nebulous. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of bend to the whichever panel that they're talking about now. Like this super suit mm-hmm. is a complete super suit, man. Um, <laughs> it's got freaking uh, it shields, plasma, Ginsu knives. Uh, I'm surprised he can't freaking teleport himself. Uh, It's very Mm kind of all over the place. Um, But of course, he's a Canadian hero. Yeah. (laughs) And then, but nothing stops like a, a, you know, a big Canadian redwood to smack you, even with a shield on. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's it's, it's, kind of weird. Um, But anyway, so yeah, Yeah. he gets knocked out. 
and then they start to do this. Now uh, there's a fire going on from whatever happened with his plasma oh. blast, and then so they send Shaman to put the fire yeah. out, as opposed to fighting this big monster that's about yeah. to kill everybody. Uh, all right, the most powerful member of the group, probably. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, yeah. well, yeah, but you have to uh, you have to responsibly address the concept of forest fires. Yes, thank look. you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Smokey the Bear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just that that's the that's the white people writing shit too. Like, like, oh no, fire! You know, it's, it's the Indian with a tear running down his face. Like, I know hey, this bear. Check out the box. Dr. Michael Tuneman, <laughs> who deliberately turned his back on this Sarsi heritage to become a physician by learning the white man's method. The white man's method. Why can't it be the white uh, man's method? Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I assure you a conversation was had by John Byrne at some point in time. Like, I ain't racist. I can, my friend is Sarsi. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> certain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm damn that that had happened at some point in time. I ain't racist. Oh, all right. Some of my no, best boy. friends are Sarsi. Some of my man. best friends turned their backs on the Sarsi Indians <laughs> to learn the white oh, man. man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of my best friends are Indians that turned their ways against the Sarsi Indians, turned their backs on them to learn my white man language. Uh, oh, my God. So, oh, yeah, that, I, again, <laughs> we, we turned so snarky because I just think it's the genre of people that we are. But this is actually a really good book. Like this is a really good issue of X Men. Well, blame blame but the internet. Really you issue. can't put anything other than hateful stuff on the internet. So you've been stuck. <laughs> 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 nobody will read it. Yeah, nobody will know what the hell you're talking about. Well, this is so great. I just I love this. Look how his like his powder just puts out the fire. That's going to save yeah. so many people. This is just really responsible of him. Yeah, I don't know why anyone listens to that podcast. I'll go to my SoundCloud and listen. How many people listen to this? Zero. That one did. That's not what in the streets this year. Anyway, so the vindicator is awful, by the way. But they do going to get a chance for Wolverine to you know, get his uh, Wolverine on. Um, when Wendigo went away, he was, you know, he needed to feed on human flesh. Now, when he came about this new time, he had ate the dude, um, and then he put the wife and the and the and the kid away and the baby away for, you know, a midnight snack. Um, and so now he's going back there to get them to refuel, essentially. And um, you know, Wolverine gets a chance to. And we finally really get a chance to see Wolverine go off. And this is one of the first times you get to see this, too. They reference his Berserker Rage, um, which might be one of the first times they do that as well. And, you know, he just goes to hacking and slashing that you, you know, again, you hadn't seen Wolverine do this before. And, you know, the stern Berserker Rage really became one of those things, you know, like in the lexicon of our language, essentially. Where he that calls it his we would patented. His patented, yeah. quote, Berserker yeah. Rage, unquote. Yeah, well, it's seven yeah, years to get yeah. that patent, so you know, <laughs> he must have been waiting for a while to do it, and then when yeah. he finally right. does it. He filed the patent after Giant Size X-Men number one, and it just came through. <laughs> it just came through. <laughs> and somebody at DC must have been using it at the time, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, I so just we got to wait for the we got to wait for Flash to die because he's been acting <laughs> in Berserker Rage. So we got to wait yeah. for Crisis on Infinite Earths to get published, and then oh, oh my, <laughs> then you're allowed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey man, can we put them Berserker Rage T-shirts out? Nah, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, I don't think they're gonna be ready for Christmas. You have to wait a little bit. And so he goes off in hack and slash mode. But it's kind of funny, though. You don't never see him put claws into Wendigo. They just kind of allude to it or give you, like, a flash of it. And it's it's just all like yeah. the comic book code. Yeah, well, but there's yeah. that. But it's this also was back in the 80s. Yeah, but it's adamantium, and they've given us, oh, it's the sharpest metal known to man, and this, that, and the other. But he can't, I mean, you know, Wendigo is, again, it's an, like not an immortal creature or whatever, but... There should be a little bit more than what we're seeing here, I guess, mm-hmm. and yeah. we don't. So, I mean, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's a good fight. Like I said, I like Wendigo as a character overall. I just don't want to, you know, you, you kind of just want to see more, I guess, at this time. But Wolverine goes off, and that's great. I mean, I like yeah. I said, I'm a big fan of that part of this book. He does get a whole he, page of offense. Yes, of whole page mm-hmm. of offense, and he gets a um. A whole like you know this. Once he calms down, he's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. You know that he's in his his you know coming out of his his berserker rage and whatever, and he gets to see his human side too as he's trying to rescue this lady. You know, but then he also gets the wham too, bat, and gets knocked yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, gets knocked yeah. horizontally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And gets the Wendigo dropped on him. Yeah, exactly. And they don't play up, and they don't. <laughs> play up his um they don't play up his uh his um his healing effect or whatever his healing power as much in these books either you know where now he's almost even though he just died he's almost you know invulnerable they don't really play it up that much um in the early books excuse me because he's all like oh he's gonna get broken in half i'm like um your bones adamantium yeah (laughs) you know I'm not sure how much I can take of this. Um, you should be able to take a lot of that. If anything, you should lot. be able to take him like twisting and turning you every which way because that's not going to mm-hmm. work. You know, and when they go slamming him all over the place. But look, Wolver- or Nightcrawler's back, and he's got some offense uh, with a stick. He got a stick. <laughs> he's got a stick. <laughs> and he got turned horizontal. Yeah, he got yeah, turned horizontal, too. Immediately you know, thrown off, yeah. How about grabbing Wendigo's leg and teleporting that shit someplace else? How about that? <laughs> yeah, no joke. Teleport his leg into a tree. You always worried about yeah, that. Why don't you put Wendigo's leg into a tree or something like that? Thanks, yeah. yeah. Be creative. Do something. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so they had a whole plan. Vindicator comes in. He hits him with his, I don't know what blast that is. Not plasma. Uh, electromagnetic. His, his powers are all electromagnetic. Based. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. But the book finale is where um, Snowbird turns herself into the white Wolverine. Why it got to be white? And um, <laughs> the white, white savior white Wolverine. The white, the, turns into the white savior Wolverine and um, fights Wendigo <laughs> in a battle to the... You know, so, oh, uh, so the subtext says the brown Wolverine couldn't get the job done. But the white... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that's specifically why they had to change his costume brown. We're not ready to make a statement about the yellow Wolverine. We would have to. We need to move a brown Wolverine. 
There you go. Oh, wow. White is right. Yeah. So he <laughs> passed the first one for me. <laughs> That's like the boomerang one, man. Uh, <laughs> the game ain't over. Uh, the white ball next all the balls <laughs> off the table. This one is last. The black one. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so. Um, but yeah, so that's the end, and then Wolverine has to calm down uh, uh, Snowbird to get Snowbird, her back into yeah. uh, her, you know, to get her out yeah, of that. She's like, "Oh, thank yeah. you, blah blah blah," and you know, then Simon like performs Cyclops' props here, though. Yeah, he does. I mean, again, he mm-hmm. that version of Cyclops is awesome. It is. <laughs> I, I don't know what they ruin. I mean, again, they ruin him. When he married Madeline Pryor, like that was the start of it, and then it was yeah. just a slow yeah. descent from there. It's just slow; you just didn't see it. It's like paint yeah. drying. Yeah. It was doing. It was working. Everything you just the, didn't yeah. see it. But from Inferno yeah, on, it was just mm-hmm. <sighs> it was terrible. Right. That whole Madeline Pryor, yeah, the whole that whole um, uh, storyline was just terrible. The whole Inferno, yeah. I hated Inferno. It was just mm-hmm. bad. More Phoenix nonsense, and yeah, yeah. That, Brother topic, but whatever. Yep. Okay. And now you would swear George Baptiste was black. Like, hold on a second, man. I got bit by a motherfucking mystical creature and I kill people. You gonna take me to jail? What the fuck? I ain't black. I ain't do nothing. I ain't do nothing. How y'all taking me to jail? I ain't do nothing. But well, <laughs> Yes, I mean, that's terrible, man. It was like, hey, man, I know you killed all these people. That's he cool. actually yeah. says, uh, uh, under Canadian law, that renders him culpable for any crimes he committed as Wago and as uh, Wendigo. Yeah, man, uh, because, because he need... became Wendigo of his own free will. Yeah, wow. Uh, so there's a Canadian thing. law that says, if you acquire some cursed powers and and develop a <laughs> mystical need to consume human flesh. Yeah, if you <laughs> entered into that contract on your own, yeah, that's exactly. your last. Uh, that's, that's literally how that law reads. In fact, seriously, man. Wow. Come on, can- yeah. Canada, do better. <laughs> seriously, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. Y'all got a parliamentary system that could probably work out a little bit better than that. I mean, honestly. <laughs> so, but yeah. But anyway, so... Apparently, that uh, socialist medical care doesn't cover yeah, when deep it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. apparently not. I got to get to my Wendigo doctor, man, because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got that shit. <laughs> I got a piece of the Wendigo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, curses apparently in the, in the doctrine, so yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to see you at work later. Man, I got my Wendigo acting up again, man. I ain't going there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go someplace and eat one of these kids so I can get my Wendigo down. Oh, my God. Almost sound like some real shit, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, but anyway, okay. the book ends where uh it it well it has uh freaking the return of the king ending. Um where uh it has the one ending where uh it does have the return H, of the king. I was like, oh, it's on, a total return like, of yeah, the king right. ending. Um, yeah, three ending with uh, three pages, yep. Yep. Department H uh disbands Alpha Flight and like, Oh, what does that mean? And it gives you an ending of sorts, yet also a beginning. <laughs> Of a new possibility. The beginning. <laughs> of the next life of Alpha Flight. Yes, exactly. Fade to black, but not really. And then it also gives you this breakout scene of the blob breaking out of prison, 
And he says, she said transportation be ready. And who could that she be? Mm-hmm. But we'll find out when we get to days of future past. But then that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. Now, the funny thing here is, though, the fact that they set this up, like, literally one panel before the start of the story, that's not Mm -hmm. Claremont-esque. They should have put this, like, 17 issues ago. Like, have some, why is the blob, you know, while we're fighting, while we're fighting Magneto on Asteroid M with the the brood flying around, what does the blob breaking out have to do with anything? Right. The fact that they did a direct Mm -hmm. setup, they're, they're slipping here a little bit. Just <laughs> they needed time to get it all together themselves. Um, but yeah, so that's it with those two issues. And again, it goes back to we're gonna get here Alpha Flight, um, and we're not gonna like go panel for panel, whatever. We're just kind of gonna go over the first few issues. I know Brother Beavis read. You said you got eight. through eight. Well, okay. yeah, but I I read a couple, and I was like, this is not going well. So I uh, <laughs> quickly reviewed the next six. Yeah. You read more than I did. I can see that much. Okay. Uh, Hold on. I'm trying to pull it up on my my book app here. Uh, I should have opened up two windows. There's a fight. Okay. Now, Alpha Flight has had, as I'm pulling this up here, at a minimum, it's had one, two... Three, three runs, three volumes. Four, three full runs, right. In 83, which is the original, 130 issues. 97, 20 issues. 2004, 12 issues. And 2011, eight issues. So, I mean, it's, they keep trying. Um, yeah. But, nah, is basically what I would say. Um, people have definitely spoken. Um, and so I remember that Big Hutch has the original of this and the original cover is actually awesome of the first issue, you know, basically saying, you know, you know, step back New Yorkers, you know, we got this and, you know, you have the heroes that are coming out and it's a great cover. I remember, like I said, I remember, you know, Hutch had this probably multiple copies of it as he was in his collecting mode. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I read, I mean, we're spoiling everything, you know, I read fairly, you know, consistently the books that lead up to Vindicator's death, air quotation, um, when he dies. But if really, you know, but that was when I was, you know, 14, 13, 14, 15 years old. When I'm reading it now, like, these books are not very good. Um, They're just not. (laughs) Um, I don't know how to to make it any plainer than that. The books just aren't good. Um, And so the first issue is a Canadian villain, air quotation, Tundra, or whatever its name is. It's something that grew out of the ground that they're going to have to fight. It's just awful. And that was Hutch's note, too. It was like, they just have terrible villains. They couldn't find any villains to, like, kind of were consistent. And, you know, the first first issue was really just a recap of everything that happened, you know, from, like, kind of talking about 109 and then talking about the last issue as well you know, and giving you, you know, whatever versions of Alpha Flight and, you know, what's going, you know, that the fact that it's been disbanded and it's, you know, it's, it it gives you these introductions to some of the characters here and there. And then they're all terrible though. Like you tell me, I think you said it, Sandman and our thing, name me one uh, Alpha Flight character that you care about. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) 
I can't think of one that's really interesting to me. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just don't think any of them are interesting. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? They're, I mean, to me, they're they're just so, they're all like so incredibly flawed, which, mm-hmm. you know, can yeah. make good stories, but, you know, because yeah. you've got like, you know, Jean, Jean Marie is, has a disassociative disorder with her and Aurora we already went down Snowbird's limitation. Sasquatch is, you know, his transformation is, first of all, Sasquatch is like Orange Beast. Like yeah. he's a former football player, <laughs> scientist, he's got this it. bestial nature. He's straight up Orange Beast. Marina yeah. is a water-based character, which is just inherently I a bad idea. I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're right we all tried like to two issues in. Yeah. Puck is like a shorter Wolverine without claws. Mm-hmm. But dealing with constant <laughs> physical pain, they're just they have like they all have these problems. Yeah, and this, yeah. to me, they never did like world building. Well, the thing that hit me is like they didn't really do any world building. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's so inherently Canadian, right? Because you want to have this tundra and all these mythical beasts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, there's that. Then they have all like these. All the stories are really individual based and just building on the characters. And it seems to me like at this point, like. You know, you could see why, you know, a, a series by an artist who, you know, he understands the characters and that's how they react. You could see why it would be really character driven, but they just, they completely miss out on like the world building and the villains and there's just no substance to it. And then they get into the big shock of episode right. or of issue 12. And then it's like, well, what are we doing here? They're like, right. Right. Yeah. And, and there's, and I think they, they hot shot Wolverine into one of these episodes early too. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. I think there was a point where like, I think we might be in a little bit of trouble here. Um, so we need to like maybe tie it back into the X universe. And then it's all over the place with the villains. Like there's a super scroll in one. I'm like, what the hell are the super scrolls doing here? And That's what are one of John Byrne's favorites. Yeah, yeah they had the ball super, from the what, other. Yeah. But what are Submariner and, and Invisible oh, Girl yeah. doing in these things too? And there's then there's a Mar- really Mar- awkward like storytelling method they do as well in the first several issues where. They'll have like the cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and then when the next issue starts, it actually backs up in time in the first several pages, like lead up to the cliffhanger. So right. you'll have an, an issue where mm-hmm. like uh, Invisible Woman and Namor make a surprising appearance at the end, like right in the middle of the alpha flight yeah. fight, and the yeah, next well, issue starts, and they're like in a plane flying there. It's like what? Yeah. Wait, what? And they yeah, do try to hide the chat room. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then we got to get to it or them. Um. Well, uh, two two ways. One, like uh, many of the characters are just X Men knockoffs too. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh yeah, um, that's the old the old, you know, uh, old you know, Vindicator. Yeah. Vindicator is like Cyclops with all his angst. Um, mm-hmm. there's there's Orange Beast. You know, and I mean, and Snowbird Vindicator. Is Storm. Yeah, yeah. Snowbird is Storm. Uh, and I mean, it's just. It's just like you know, you know North Star is essentially Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. I was and about I'll to say that. Get that. And it's like, like let's Quicksilver get to the... and Scarlet Witch. Mhm. And that's the other thing too. Like, have there ever been any good like twins superheroes? Tomac like, oh, Zamod from G.I. Joe. I'm gonna hang up this phone <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's just none, and these good. two. These two give um, the Wonder Twins a run for their money, man, at being the worst. Ooh. 
Yeah, okay. they're, they're now before terrible. any of our you know our LBGT friends give it has nothing to do with this nigga being gay. No, <laughs> <laughs> he is an awful character, and his sister He's is terrible. worse. He yeah. is they're, worse. They're unlikable. They're unlikable characters. That's why they're completely unlikable. And it's like, yeah. oh, she's got, you know, dual personality disorder, you know, and Sasquatch is tapping one of them. He don't know he's tapping the other one. Like, and then it's, it just doesn't really yeah. make a whole lot of overall sense. But it, it, yeah. it and that's the other thing, too, Brother Beavis, what you were saying, like near the end of it, well, not near the end, but like near the, like the six, six seven, eight, nine-ish or so, it's like they turn into like individual issues about each in yeah. the, each character. Yeah, Puck's yeah. in the hospital, and he's and he's yeah. like up against this drug ring from a doctor, and North yeah. Star and Aurora fighting the mafia off by themselves, and Snowbird. Yeah. Did you read the one mm-hmm. where Snow the 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 whiteout, the snow blind, where there's literally yes. like three pages where it's all white? Yes, I did. That, that was, was kind of wow, funny, right? actually, but yeah, but yeah, that's so there's that. all these like individual stories. Yeah, and it and I was like, what? I was like, it, it, it's like maybe that should have been done before you launched the book to give us some like version to care or reason to care about these characters mm-hmm. because right now mm-hmm. I don't. And it just keeps going yeah. on, and I was like, because Vindicator dies in what twelve? Twelve. And again, Exploitation yeah. dies, and <laughs> you yeah. know, and the book like and the, the book from there goes absolutely nowhere. You know, oh, Heather yeah. becomes Vindicator. And, but it, but that but, doesn't happen right away. It's like a solid yeah. like six issues of her like, you know, in Deciding. her fields. Yes, it's very much yeah. so. Yeah, and then if that what's what Roxon the Roxon Corporation yeah. is yeah. the villain. Roxon, yeah. Oh, See that, oh. and that's that's sort of you know John Byrne gets into that in Namor, where but he sets it up in the beginning. You know, he does the world building. He's like mm-hmm. Namor re-enters society, starts Oracle Corporation. He has these nemesis in business. You know, and they so they establish all mm-hmm. that, and then it works. They set the tone, mm-hmm. and then they have stories within that. But this is just like everything at random. Yeah, and it's like okay, mm, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to care about this. Like what? Wait, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. And again, the plotting on way. the book. Well, that and the plotting on the book, it is so. I used to think. I mean, and, and we're gonna run Claremont as we go through some of these things because he actually gets wordier as his run starts to go on. But wow, Burn that, is yeah. super. Oh my God, Burn is super wordy in these books. And again, is it because he's trying to do like kind of nation world building, or it's just like, well, these characters aren't interesting enough, and nobody's going to care what they talk about. So I have to build like mm-hmm. this, you know kind of world that somebody will care about them. And I don't. It's bad. I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Like I, it's bad. Like those, these books are bad. Like now, this yeah. is. I'm like looking for a story where I'm like, oh, okay, this is a good story, or this is like, there's not it, within the first twelve issues. There's not, and then of course, if you kill an, if you kill a main character in the first twelve issues, that's hot shot yeah. belt on the somebody that just to to draw up interest. That's it. You do not kill the main character of your book within the first twelve issues. Yeah, just that's a strange, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, always wanted to you, like this. I like a lot of the character designs. You know, there's the obvious connection to the X-Men, but it's not good. I think I bought one of the, like, the 97 volume yeah. two. There was, and it was not good. Uh, no. Just, right. And the worst thing, too, is, 
you know, they ended up killing off most of these characters just sort of as a side note right. um, in a later X-Men story when Scarlet Witch strips all the mutants of their powers. They, she creates, ultimately creates this entity called the Collective and it lands in North America and it storms through Canada and it kills like everybody but Sasquatch that's on this right. team. And, so, and at that point wow. it's like, you guys became a footnote in somebody else's story. You know, it's hard to look yeah. at any of this now. Like, well, that was a, that was just a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, right. That's bad, man. Yeah. And they did that actually the New Warriors, right? They did that in in Civil War. You know, mm-hmm. New Warriors was mm-hmm. actually a good story. It was they took marginal characters, they put a good team on it, they told stories, mm-hmm. they built you know they built the world, they built up the characters, but then they were a footnote of story. They with this, they skipped all the rest of that. It would just sucked, and then they probably mercy killed him with the collective storyline. Right. Yeah. I just don't understand why. In a sense, I don't understand why it failed. You know, mm. but I mean, I do and I don't. Like I, I, you know, I think the characters are flawed, but it's not like other comic book characters or the books don't have flawed characters. But it, you would see, it would seem that it would be successful. Like, the fact that they're just Canadian mutants, like, is mm-hmm. that really part of the reason mm-hmm. people were like, nah. Well, I mean, so I was reading some earlier, and it was just saying, like, Byrne never enjoyed doing this. Like, I think right. they they wanted to do it, and it made sense, and whatever, and I think, you know, there was probably some appeal, appeal for him to make a distinctly Canadian book, but he never enjoyed it. And so, obviously, when the creative team isn't behind it, it's going to be crap. So, I, right. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. And we talked about before we started recording was that, you know, kind of getting the the math and the years right or whatever, that he was doing this book concurrently with the Fantastic Four, whereas we all hold his Fantastic Four run as one of the better runs on the Fantastic Four. I would say of of all the runs that I've read on Fantastic Four, by far the better run on the Fantastic Four. I would say his runs are outside of the uh, Lee and Kirby are probably the definitive versions of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, he was doing two books at a time. Let's not be lying. In in the early, mid-'80s, Fantastic Four was a much more uh, attractive gig than starting your Canadian you know, super mutant, super team uh, yeah. with a dude with, you know, the maple leaf across his chest. And I think it was just too, uh, maybe it was just too much. And like you're saying, maybe his heart just wasn't into it. And it was just, you know, like, well, I need to cash these checks. So I'm going to be putting, you know, Marina in this book, you know, and Puck is supposed to be this hot, whatever, whatever, he, whatever Puck is. Like, oh, yeah, she almost you know, kills him with a a, a webbed paw. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically where we are. Puck is out of commission for a couple of issues because he got scraped with a webbed paw. All right. God, don't get me started. Get me started on Puck. Ugh. Yeah, yeah but when he got in the hospital, he was taking diluted painkillers because the doctor yeah. had a drug smuggling ring where he was getting his yeah. nurses hooked on drugs, and they were selling it to the community. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I plead the fifth. Yeah. I think we've established that John Byrne is just not a writer, first of all. Like you said earlier, yeah. he probably he probably was distracted like Fantastic Four. I don't know who the, if he was 
helping write some of those Fantastic Four books. But I think he was doing was that on his own, too. I think the Fantastic really? Four he did that, on well, his own, that's true. That blows my theory out of the water. Maybe he just, yeah, maybe he just cared also, about Fantastic Four more. Because well, they're obviously again, the more popular book. There's going to be a much more popular book, characters, and also yeah. has their own histories that he could play upon already. Whereas these people, yeah. he was just, you know, kind of... Yeah. He was writing it himself. He was making it up as they go. You know, as he went. Yeah, I'm, so, yeah, I'm just making it up, you know. I'm just making yeah, it up it as I work. go. It didn't <laughs> it work. It really didn't work. I, I remember being hyped looking at these books and like, man, this is some shit. And I, I, I'm i fairly certain Brother Beavis and I had conversations in 1997 like, hey, man, you pick up that Alpha Flight? Yeah, <laughs> I did. And then, man... <laughs> Yeah, Brother Beavis, think of the houses that we could have, how much bigger they would be. I know. <laughs> if we could have wow. at least several dollars larger. At least several dollars larger. <laughs> you know, I could at least have a box of Pop-Tarts in here for all the bullshit I was like, folks, I have. No kidding. Um, yeah, so we, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not lying to you. When I went back to read this and I sent Brother Beavis that text, Oh, yeah. I was like, mm, this is not very good. Like, <laughs> I was astounded. I was astounded on reread and how bad they were. Because I, yeah. you know, I, in my mind, I had given them some stature and I'd put them at a certain level. And, and now I'm like, why the? Why did you ever buy the '97 series? Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. That's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. I'm looking at this. I'm like, hmm. I I brought this up like some of the stories they get into like uh, I I said the comment I made was they're on the on the scale of from somewhere between Jean Grey to Cable in terms of complications so Guardian himself like when he gets killed he somehow gets wormholed out to some alien race and they try and save him but in the process they merge him with his cybernetics and then there's a period where he comes back, but it's a trick because it's somebody posing as him. But Correct. then that trick was actually mm-hmm. true. And then after yeah. that, somebody clones him. And then yeah. it's a, yeah, oh. that, that's just that's, and that's just him. And then like <laughs> with Sasquatch, <laughs> Sasquatch like dies. It, it turns out he's actually a mythical Canadian creature yeah, because yeah, everything right. in Alpha Flight is a mythical Canadian, Canadian creature, and he because dies. He but then Snowbird re-inhabits his body because she had right. died. It's just like yeah, every exactly. single one of them. It's, it is batshit crazy, man. It's just yeah. nuts. They're not quite cable. I mean, nobody's cable. But right. They're, yeah. They're on the spectrum. They are on the spectrum. They're like autism. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's um, it's, it's all over the place. And, you know, and then the the villains are terrible. Like I said, Hutch. Oh, yeah. like the, the villains are terrible. The master. Really? That man, yeah, who, who, as far as I can tell, yeah. literally has yeah. no powers. Literally has no powers. No. Yes. And then uh, Mariner's backstory with the with spawn and the egg and for 10,000 years, the fish. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> the Plodex, yeah. You're, if, you're not, you're, if, you're not a, if you're not a mythical creature, you're an alien. Yeah. Or you're not an alpha yeah. light. You're two yeah. options. Yeah, yeah. And then I, think and then I remember... And then there's the issues where uh, I guess is it Beta Flight that becomes evil with like so that's uh, so Omega Flight uh, Omega so Flight different people Omega from Beta flight, and Gamma yeah. Flight become 
Omega Flight, which is they get turned, I think, by the Roxxon Corp or some Roxxon, some corporation uh-huh. get mm-hmm. turned against yeah. Alpha Flight, and that's how Vindicate or that's how Guardian dies. Um, but then some of them become uh, like Box. I think is I'm not. I think Box might have been with with um, Omega Flight. He was at least with like Beta or Gamma, and he ends up on Alpha Flight. But like Wild Child. I think was mm-hmm. on Omega Flight, and then yeah, he really only came to prominence during like Age of Apocalypse. That mm-hmm. was, as far as I know, the only ever. Mm-hmm. So there's like a few kind of random characters that come out of this, but right. Uh, and then when they do finally bring uh, Mariner back, she's like her and like Submariner's tapping that. It's just weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I'm just like, oh just, my god. I just yeah. He was I just like stop. reaching for stuff. I just cannot. I'm so surprised that it's as bad as it is. Mm. And again, they keep trying. And like I said, I mean, they might look better in a movie. Like these characters might look better in a movie because they're so, you know, kind of two dimensional. And mm. it might be better in a movie. Like I mean, you couldn't put a dude with a freaking the maple leaf on or whatever. Like that's not doable. But some of the other characters you could probably you could probably do a Sasquatch. But I mean, he is blue, you know, orange beast. You could probably do it. And you could probably do like the twins and make them not be freaking Quicksilver and uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. I, I don't know. Oh, check that out. out. Yeah, I, I got to read this. This is this is a single line on the Wikipedia entry for Marina Smallwood. When she became pregnant. The Plodex DNA reacted to her condition by turning her into a savage beast in the North Atlantic Ocean, a leviathan. Namor was forced to slay her, impaling her with the Black Knight's enchanted ebony blade. (laughs) (laughs) That black blade, baby. Yeah, that black blade. This is is the nature of the Alpha Flight characters as well. Yes, exactly. Like, I, I, I mean... I've been I've been reading comics all my life. I have no idea what you just said. That is just insane. <laughs> Canada, you, Canada, you deserve better, man. <laughs> yeah, they did y'all wrong on that one, man. That's, that's Canada, crazy. y'all deserve a lot better than this. And it was you. It was one of your own that turned against you too. Yep. Because it's not like an American that was making this shit up um, to to run y'all down. Your own people freaking ruined you oh. and turned you and turned and gave you this. Now, is there, there's a is there not an Alpha Flight right now that like U.S. agent is on it? I don't think is that US Alpha agent? Flight. No, they made there's this new U.S. whatever team. Is that the one you're talking about that has like Cannonball in it? I don't know. Mm. There's really? this new there's this new team of uh, that they're putting together. That has a bunch of rando heroes in it. Uh, I think I got into a debate with somebody on Twitter about like I'm not, not you know, like I ain't reading that shit. Um, hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I just, you know, I just, I don't, I don't. I, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, but yes, basically Alpha Flight bad. That's basically our our <laughs> like four words. Yeah, that's what we've been getting around to. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what we're trying to say. I was like, bad. Um, if you want to read it on, what, uh, but it's the, it's like bad asterisk. Like you tricked us for a while, but we're finally on to you, and you were bad the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
mean, I can't find that here. It's gonna take. It would take me forever to find it, so I don't want to do that. But yeah, um, I, yeah. So sorry, Canada. Um, John Byrne did you bad. <laughs> he ran y'all dirty. Yeah. And um, it's a shame that he did that because you know y'all deserve a super team, man. If freaking the West Coast Avengers can have West Coast Avengers. Damn it, Canada, you should be able to have some version of a super team or whatever. And um, it didn't work. So um, maybe y'all can all become Great Lakes Avengers. You know, not that far from Canada. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So, anywho. But, yeah, so that'll wrap up the comic book chat corner for the week. Um, as we, like I said, uh, big big fans of episodes 139 and 140 of Uncanny X-Men. Like I said, it sounds like we're being snarky, but I think those books issues actually hold up very well. But Alpha Flight, not big fans of you. Sorry. It's pretty shitty. Um, and, uh, again, terrible that uh, Big Hush paid all that money for all those episodes, and they're awful. So, uh, so next week, we will jump back into... Uh, the uncanny thing where we get for days of future past, just a gentle, you know, kind of preview. What do you most remember about the days of future past book, Sam, man? That everybody dies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember, uh, what were we talking about? 1981, One, three, something like that. Yeah. Two, three, something in that era. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it, it's kind of a book. So yeah. Cats die and come back all the time, even back then. But man, just it was um, it was so graphic and so um, brutal, <laughs> you know, the way they uh, died in that book. Because obviously yeah. they wanted to um, portray how you know the dystopian future, and you know this it, it was no joke. People were dying, and they and uh, Burn is one of his finest books ever. You know, there's some iconic shots in that uh, in that book, and um, yeah, that's, it's amazing. It's only two issues. It's a great, yeah. uh, it's a great two two issue series, brother Beavis. Uh, two things: one, the cover, the mm-hmm. cover one forty one with all the one, the you know the the dead captured signs of everybody mm-hmm. with the great temple yeah. Wolverine with Kate Pride behind him, and then two is the disintegration of Wolverine. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the disintegration of Wolverine with nothing but his skeleton behind after yeah. he was killed that's by the great shot. Yeah. So, Iconic, yeah. yeah, so crazy, yeah, yeah, that's a good shot too. Um, yeah, I, um, I think probably the thing that I remember most is that cover for one. And, um, to be perfectly honest with you, probably the thing I most remember is about Days of Future Past is the angst that all of us had when they said that they were doing the movie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was so, fact, oh, God. The fact so that they worth- said they were doing it, and I'm like, that does not make me feel good at all. And this is coming off of, you know, first class, which... You know, it took me a while to enjoy that. It took me a while to enjoy it. I initially didn't. And I'm like, uh, they about to run this into the ground and take sacred comic book storytelling and shit on it. Canadian style. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm like, well, if y'all are going to do this, you better not be wrong. Um, and then again, mm-hmm. they made a very competent comic book movie. One of my favorites. Uh, I get goosebumps even thinking about it because it's so well done. Um, do we? So, I think feel like we need to like do a, a. We need to be prepared to talk about the movie and the series at the same time. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I've, 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 I mean, I've seen that movie mm, conservatively 
20 times. Um, mm, you know, just wow. from the DVD portion, just from the DVD portion of it. Um, and my daughter's a big fan of it. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm well versed in it. And I, 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 you know, and it's just, it's a good movie and the books are great too. And just like the Wendigo saga, it's, um, just two issues that nobody even thought about. Like, oh yeah, just a two little yeah. issue miniseries. And then, yeah, you know, who's had, you know, ramifications in the comic book, you know, 20, 30 years later. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really good. Um, there's so a it, it, there's a a similar kind of thing. I, I want to say it's around like maybe two twenty, two fifty, but it's mm-hmm. where the sorcerer Cool and Gas takes over Long Island, and mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the cover yeah. has like the crucified Spider-Man all with his yeah his mm-hmm. costume. Right? Yeah, and it's, a, mm-hmm. it's sort of one of those Elseworlds Elseworld story stories. They yeah. drop right in the middle of continuity. It runs for an issue right. or two. And mm-hmm. it's, awesome. it's a crazy issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the Avengers in it, Spider-Man, yeah. X-Men, everybody, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll we'll chop up Days of Future Past next week. I have actually have I don't have the originals of those again. Once again, if we had them and CGI graded at a different score, we would not be having this conversation on the phone. We'd be having it on the moon. <laughs> so. <laughs> All the money that we would have, <laughs> um, and uh, I have a I have the trade paperback uh, of those, so uh, we'll get that out. Uh, that one I actually I know where it is. I don't have to dig too far for that one. So cool. All right, so that will wrap up the comic book corner for this week. Um, what do we got coming up? Um, not much. Uh, should be a Brothers Comics podcast this coming weekend uh, with Big Hutch and. Uh, female perspective. Um, and there's probably going to be a uh, Who Day Over 40 podcast here coming up at uh, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they play on Sunday. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. run to the playoffs again for the sixth or seventh year in a row and whatever. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we might have to make that a staple of Sunday evenings um, just to kind of get it out of the way. But, um, yeah. Like therapy, oh, right? Well... <laughs> The, the the angst only comes in January now <laughs> because they're good. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, if we could rip Van Winkle the season, I'd be perfectly yeah, okay no, with it. Yeah, no up in January. You know, do I have to go through all of this drama to see what's going to happen if they're going to win a game in January? Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, the slow build-up is murder, yeah. yeah it is. Like, cause, and then it just becomes countless story after story. We don't mean nothing until... And, and it's mm-hmm. true. It doesn't mean anything until they do something in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, yep. Uh, hold on a second. There's a c- c- commercial on... There, there's a Blair Witch sequel? Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the same thing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, they rebooted right. it, I guess. Did you just right. turn on the game? That, I uh, did. Yeah. I yeah. think we all did yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I had it all the whole time. Shit yeah. out the way. I'm okay, let's, the uh, okay. All right. let's, all right. let's side bro the topic real quick for this. Um, no. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Short and sweet. Do you, do, I, I don't know, have you seen it in the last however many years? Did you know how bad Blair Witch Project is as a movie? It's awful. 
It's always it's been awful. I'm just I, I don't need to watch it. I don't want to see it. I really don't want to see it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard what I need to hear about it. That movie is terrible. <laughs> you know? Is it? And is I, it anything really to be scared about in the movie? I mean, is it just? No. Yeah, yeah. that's what I've seen. Yeah, you know, what I've seen. And that I've, movie's terrible. It, 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 it. That movie is terrible. Like, <laughs> The, only, the, the thing, the thing that that movie accomplished, the thing that was different than everything else, was the viral marketing campaign. Yeah, and the and fact the hype was, yeah, still, that's what it's most, yeah, yeah, the fact yeah. that they they had people thinking it was actually real. I um, did. I I saw the commercial online, and I was like, "Oh, this is man, this is crazy, man." You know, but and it's plausible. You know, white people go in the woods all the time and get lost. <laughs> that's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That could actually happen. Can you imagine if the Blair Witch Project had some black folks in it? That was Every the shortest day. movie ever. Yeah. Black people have run-ins with cops, and white people get killed by witches in the woods. <laughs> and when they go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, hey, man. This is yeah. So I'm like, there's, there's nothing... <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing redeemable about that movie. Like the movie is susceptible to our, just <laughs> our, our, our base instincts. Jesus, <laughs> please. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Black people yeah, watch that movie. The black people like this movie ain't real realistic because um, I wouldn't have gone into the woods. That's pretty much it. They camping. They told. They literally told you there was a baby killing witch in the woods. And you went to find her. What's wrong yeah. with you? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that. It's just like, oh, they going in the woods again? That's basically what I'm looking at this now. Like, wait a minute. It's hot. Yeah, I mean, it's like how y'all keep going back to the summer camp, man. It camp still gets <laughs> the place where they kill people, man. It's Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Like, you, you can't even tell a house when somebody died in it, let alone get kids to go there for camp. Man, yeah, exactly. This is terrible. Man, so, yeah, it is. Man. Yeah, I'm good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but basically, yeah, no, that's all I'm saying. And I don't do horror movies to begin with, um, but even I didn't think that movie was scary. And I, I think every movie is scary. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They do. And I was like... So he's standing in the corner, and that's how it ends, huh? I know. I was like, that's it. Because I had people tell me how awful it was, and like, oh, you got to see the end. I'm like, uh, standing in the corner. Did you find some more footage? (laughs) (laughs) Is this setting up a sequel? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I saw it on video DVD. I know when uh, and. Yeah, female uh, perspective and big hearts, and the missus also just made a mention like, "Doesn't Miss Female Perspective like that movie?" I'm like, "Yeah, she liked that bullshit. She does, <laughs> and so does I think Hutch does too." And I, I mean, yeah, they yeah, she's like they swear by that movie. So that's mm-hmm. a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. So mm-hmm. like, sounds like he ripping me on Mysterio. And he yeah. liked that. Kid. That's terrible. He liked that bullshit. He liked it, that bullshit. Oh, anyway, all right. Uh, we'll wrap up yeah. the, the corner this week. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. 
uh, feel free to leave a review, you know, five-star reviews on iTunes, and you can leave comments on the SoundCloud feed as you go through it. Um, and like I said, you can join uh, Big Hotch and uh, Female Perspective and I for the, I guess it would be episode 44 of the Brothers Comments podcast this week. And like I said, there'll probably be a who day over 40 with Big Hotch and Sam Man at some point in time this week. Probably. If they win, they lose. Yeah, don't bet yeah, on if they win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know as well. Don't, don't bet on a podcast this week. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm the producer. I'm signing off. Go ahead and sign off, Sam Man. All right, y'all. Sam Man out. See y'all next week. All right. Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign out. All right. I'll see you in a boot another week. Yeah, in a boot. <laughs> oh, nice. All uh, right. Y'all take it easy. Later, Peace. guys. Peace. Oh. Cool.